The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? And welcome to the Flyover State Sports Show. I'm your host, Sam Long, joined by the lovely, sensational, vivacious Caleb Bean Jubal. You can see him to my left or to your right, depending on your vantage point. Beans, we have a thing to talk about. A big thing to talk about. But guess what? Uh, Gavin is coming in late, so we're going to talk yeah. about it later. Yeah, we're going to have to hold off a second until he gets here. We're going <laughs> to give you blue balls about the comp Big 12 championship game that happened. We're going to talk about something else entirely to start off with. We're going to make you hold in all of that cream. But when it comes, <laughs> it's going to be dicey. But first, <laughs> a shout out to... Not our sponsor, but our merch. Do, 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 do. Play some cool background music for me on this. Do, yes, do, merch. Flyover State Sports Show has merch. Do, we have K-State stuff. Do, do. We have KU stuff. We have Chiefs stuff. We have we Flyover have, stuff. Yeah, we even have Royal stuff and our own stuff. You can get, you can get it at our link on our Twitter page. At underscore underscore F3S. That's underscore underscore F3S. We will also be doing a merch giveaway coming this February to commemorate one year of podcasting. So if you want to be entered in, please DM our Twitter account and follow it so you can DM it and tell us your favorite moment of our podcast. What's your favorite moment? Uh, probably you making yourself look like an ass for thinking that sandwiches are bigger or money. I don't know. Um, really, <laughs> both of those are like some of the biggest ass hattery moments, and I'll never forget them. I lost respect for you that day, and I'm okay with it. Um, my favorite moment is probably the first guest star. I'm pretty sure it was in Helica for Weather Talk. Yeah. That was I our first that. one. I, I also enjoyed when we had Rachel on because, you know, Rachel is really good at her job and made us look really smart. Why didn't we have her on? Well, you know, we'll get to that later, but we should have really had her on this week. <laughs> we should have her on post game. Oh, next week. See if you can get her on yeah, next, week. next week. I will. You need to text me to ask me to do it. I'll, I'll be watching the game, and I will text you mid-game saying, "Hey, <laughs> we work need to make this happen." Has been a bitch this week. <laughs> I'm not gonna go into it because you know I can't. But work <laughs> has been a bitch. I I can't say the same thing. I like what I do, so I can't. Well, complain. I'm not saying I don't like what I do. Oh, okay, all right. Like I'm just saying, you know, not to name names. But my purchasing guy in the corporate level is a fucking asshat. 
<laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> if you're listening to this, my guy, buy a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, tell your friends. Tell your friends you, to buy t-shirts too. I, I, you know what? I could. I have told them that we have merch. We were like really drunk when I told them that, though. So I don't know if they remember. All right, so we're gonna give you blue balls. We're not gonna talk about you know the game that should not be named. So Gavin is supposed to eventually show up here. He'll probably be super drunk. It'll be really awesome to talk about that game when he gets here. So we're going to talk about how Joe Burrow is Patrick Mahomes' daddy. So I'm here to tell you right now, Beans, Joe Burrow, I came on this show a couple of weeks ago, and I called him the third best quarterback in the league. Did I not? You did. I did. I'm the greatest. I'm here to tell you right now, until further notice, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the National Football League. Until further notice. Because Patrick Mahomes can't be the best quarterback in the NFL if he can't beat Joe Burrow. I'm I'm sad. <clears throat> I'm I'm depressed. I I'm upset that these are the games. So we have circled three games. There was three games circled on our calendar. It was the Titans. It was Cincinnati and Buffalo. Buffalo. You're right. Yeah, Buffalo. They're one and, and two in those games. It could easily be 0 and 3. Chiefs we, are not that good. I keep telling everyone every week that they don't feel like they're good enough to win the Super Bowl, that they're just kind of a whatever, like win a lot of regular season games team. And everyone keeps telling me, oh, well, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes and they always give you a chance, but you got Patrick Mahomes which is very true, but Chiefs roster pretty mid. It, it, above it's upsetting. Mid, it's like above average. It is. It is. We have a good roster. Like, the things are there. I am just upset that our offense, our offense was fine. It's not the greatest. It wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the best. Our tackles have been declining at a rapid pace, and it's scary how fast that they're declining. But on defense – I don't know if they forgot to just show up. I don't know if they got on the plane. I don't know if they didn't they, just stay, if they all they, stayed they, at the hotel. They, dog, they got exposed by just a good offense. I don't know what to there tell was, you, man. I, I keep telling you, my get. I keep telling you, my boy. The defense is like good, but they don't have the they don't have the corners to keep up with T. Higgins, Tyler I mean, Boyd, and Jamar the, Chase, and there's not a lot of teams that have the corners to do that, to be fair. It wasn't even our corners, though. It was our secondary, and they talked crap the whole week. They were okay. calling people well, out my, on social media. Boy, the corners are a part of the secondary. Hold on. Hang on. So, Joshua Williams. So, here's my thing. Here is my – oh, hey. Whoa. Oh, let's go. My God. <laughs> oh, my God, Gavin. Outside. Where are is you? There's too much noise. Yeah, there's a lot of noise. Uh, it's because my fucking bumper has a hole in it. Jesus Christ. God oh, you're damn driving it. your car. God. Well, yeah. That's three quarters of my bumper is still doing bumper things. But all right. I'll, all right. Go ahead. I'm going to. There. Fuck. Bye, Gavin. <laughs> I get All right. Well, Gavin left. Uh, he'll be back here in a little bit, probably. It sounds like he's on his way home driving. I hope he's okay um anyways I hope he's not intoxicated <laughs> no we don't promote drug let's put the line at a minus 200 that he's intoxicated 
<laughs> we don't promote drunk driving. He has a drug. He has a sober driver. Hey, 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 hey! I never said I don't promote drunk driving. Nobody promote here at the Flyover State Sports Show. We take Ubers anyway. So Ubers my thing is, okay, I gotta say one thing. Okay, this then is completely I'm- cutting you off. I have to visit my father like before the end of the year mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't have to, but like if I don't, then I won't have enough vacation days to go to the draft next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to see him before the year ends. Um, dude, plane tickets are fucking expensive. They have <laughs> sworn. You have, dude, uh... round trip Casey to Philly. I want you to guess how much that plane ticket is. Casey to Casey to Philly, nonstop too. None of this connector bullshit. Uh, Hundred fifty bucks. I don't fly, dude. Geez, I don't. I don't think you know how much plane tickets cost. Three hundred, bro. I don't think you know what plane tickets cost. Five hundred. I don't think you know what plane tickets cost. <laughs> no, that ticket. That ticket is like a fucking six hundred fifty dollar ticket. It's fucking bullshit. Oh I should have specified. Hey, to be fair, I should have specified. It is like from the 27th to the 30th. So they're gouging the fuck out oh of me. Oh my God. They're gouging yes. me. They're like, ah, Jeez. holiday travel. You got to get back to your fucking family back home. Yeah, fuck you. You're, That's you're literally what it sounds like. I could get it. If I like did connecting flights, I could get it for like 420 bucks. Ugh. But like that just feels like inviting disaster. So that's just promoting being late. <laughs> Dude, no. And like the. What's fucked is I'll be late and the layovers for both flights are like three hours. Uh, three anyways. hours for the layover is like too much. Two hours, I could do it. Like yeah, two hours no, for the layover, fine. I go find like a fucking bar or something, put a couple of drinks in me, get something to eat. That kills an hour. But that, by that time, you're boarding. You know what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Planes are dumb. I hate airlines. All right. Chiefs stink. But anyway, so back to what I was communicating before. Our secondary had talked crap the whole week. Juan Thornhill was on Twitter the whole time. You know, Justin Reed, not even knowing who the tight ends are. Bro, it's Hayden Hurst. I know. He didn't know. He didn't know who they were. He thought it was Justin Reed just a fucking idiot. He thought it was Higby. He thought it was Tyler Higby. And he was calling him Tyler Higby the whole time. But it was actually Hayden Hurst. And so. Exactly. Like, no way to speak about former. Former first-round pick, uh, Hayden Hurst. Well, and my thing is... Drafted in the first round by the Ravens before Lamar Jackson, Hayden Hurst. That Hayden Hurst. Are you not watching film? Like, do you not have scouting reports on these guys? I'm appalled that you didn't know who their names were. Anyways, our corners did fine. Joshua Williams took more accountability, and he played fine. He took more accountability after that game, playing fine, playing pretty good for a rookie corner than Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill combined. And it's upsetting that we have spent so much, we have invested so much money into Justin Reed to be like that. Bless you. I don't think our, I think our corners are fine. I think they're okay. I think we can get past that, but Nick. James Bolton, Bradbury. We'll always bring that up. But yeah, Nick I will. Bolton, because you're a my fucking thing idiot is, for that. My thing is Awful Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton didn't even look like he came off the bus. He was running away from blockers. Like, Mike Dana, I don't know what happened on one play, but Mike Dana gave up on a sack, a very clear line sack, and just gave up. Just didn't even want to tackle the quarterback. And I don't, I don't know 
what Spagnola told him before the game, what he told him at halftime. This was a very winnable game, in my opinion. I think the Bengals didn't win it. My opinion and my strong opinion, I don't think the Bengals won that. I think the Chiefs lost it. They own they own them, bro. Like, I don't know and, what you want. And, and that, that, that's what's, what's going to be said from now on. We are now 0-3 against the Bengals. And we're you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? We're going to face them in the playoffs. We're going to face them in the playoffs, and we're going to shit the bed. They own us, bro. It's the same thing as the uh, Bucks. So the thing is, is the Bengals have enough edge heat to, like, rush three because their tackles are bad against specifically just speed rushing, yeah. which is, like, what they do. Mm-hmm. So they have they have two edge speed rushers that they can just bring three dudes in and drop eight, and that's like the bread and butter of like how. <sighs> All right, this goes back to my uh, gripe. I think I don't even remember if this was last week or two weeks ago. It's like, oh well, you beat Mahomes by rushing three and dropping eight. It's like, well, you fucking beat everyone dropping fucking eight. Like, it's fucking stupid. Um, yeah, that's a fucking stupid thing. But, like, you know, getting pressure with three dudes is, like, super important in football. Like, if you can do that, you're going to win a fuck ton of games because, again, you get to commit eight people to covering to pass coverage, which is hard as hell to beat even when you're, you know, good. <coughs> oh, God, I, that, I that's, that's Orlando. Orlando Brown keeps saying, like, he's the left tackle. He's the top left tackle in the league. I keep watching. Also, it wouldn't him. matter he, if he was playing right tackle at this point. He's no, getting, he could be playing guard. He is slower than a sloth on sedatives getting out on his break. He's horrible. He cannot pass that at all. Run blocking, he's fine. He can do his thing. Up. He can get. I mean, they're gonna it. they're gonna franchise tag him and trade him. I mean, it's just the way that. No, I'd rather just see him walk. I I'm to the point now right. where I am yeah, flustered. But it. Why wouldn't you get anything back if you franchise tag? Because <clears throat> I. There, I have an issue with the franchise tag and trade because you're all kind of losing. Va- it's a it's a wash value wise. You're spending money, but also you're losing. You're you're spending money, but you're also like not. Well, you're know. spending cap space on like a pick. I guess it depends on who you're gonna target. Like in free agency, I don't know what the tackle yeah. class looks like this year. <laughs> I don't know. It, Again, I, I, I mean, I. My big that thing. We'll, we'll be talking about this in February, like right after the Super Bowl. We'll be evaluating this right after. But my right my now, big thing has always been you you need tackles. Patrick Mahomes' biggest issue as a quarterback, and it's been this way for years, is he takes extra deep drops so that way he can, you know, do his little Mahomes magic and, like, you know, stave off pressure and all this crap. Well, when you take an extra deep drop, you know, the line for the defensive end to get to the quarterback, it narrows out. So instead of needing to take, you know, like a 45-degree angle, now all you got to do is run up field. And so you need tackles equipped to handle speed rushers. You need athletic tackles in the end, and you have one of the least athletic tackles Mm -hmm. on your blindside edge. It's not like a super good fit. Rob Patrick Mahomes likes to play football. That's why Eric Fisher was good because Eric Fisher was one of the more athletic well, left tackles. So if you ever see how the Chiefs pass set, it's crazy. Like they don't. So you're always taught like this crate. Like I'm gonna try and like draw like a cradle with my hands here. So like you yeah, imagine it, a cradle. It's like a it's supposed to be like. So like here is the Chiefs' offense. It's like 
here, 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 here. It's just like a bunch of just dots all throughout the field. There is no consistency in their in their pass blocking. Orlando Brown's pass set is just kick step as far back as you fucking can, as fast as you can, as far or fast as you can, and hope that the guy doesn't cut inside of him. And it teams have learned it now. If you stunt off that, it's a direct line to Patrick Mahomes, and it's hurting us. It's killing us. It's killing us. Yeah. No, again, Mahomes is a really hard player to block for. That's why Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. Joe Burrow, he he does it fine. He like he just takes his three steps. He sits in the pocket. He does take the most sacks. He does. He is the most. He takes a ton of sacks because he holds the ball for a really long time. Joe Burrow is one year away from like I I know that like people think he's really good now. I think Joe Burrow is one year away from being really good. I think he's one true offensive lineman and maybe another defensive player away from being really good. Like, Well, I think the thing is that offensive line has been getting better every week. Um, yeah. And I think the one thing that people are starting to see this year that will be fully back next year that people really – I had people telling me on the Bird app, not telling me specifically, but talking about how Joe Burrow is a statue – Last yeah. year, one mm-hmm. year after his ACL injury. And may I remind you that Joe Burrow was rated one spot higher in the dual threat quarterback rankings than Lamar Jackson. Hmm. So Joe Burrow is coming off of year two with an ACL injury. Joe Burrow is actually running the ball more this year. He is, I mean, he had a big time run against... The Chiefs, I bet you he probably has about 200 yards rushing or so. Here, I can look it up right now. I'm on. I'm going to look it up myself. Um, Beat your ass with a football. Joe Burrow, guy. 11 carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. Is that it? He feels like he gets more. Jared Whatever. McKinnon. Jared McKinnon had 51 yards running. Like, I don't know. It's Pacheco had 66. So you're telling me that Pacheco only had 20 more yards than what? Joe Burrow is rushing for Samaj P. Ryan was wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about just for that game in general? Just for that game, yeah. Do you want do you want the whole he had 11 carries that game? Yeah. Well, I'm sure they counted. I, I wanted like the season stats. I can pull that one up for you too. Because like people because <laughs> in my um, opinion, people think that Joe Burrow is like Tom he has, Brady. He has but, about 230 yards rushing. Yeah, see, that's why I said he has probably about two undo. And people think that he's like fucking Tom Brady or like Drew Brees. And what I'm telling you is that he, he's not like Tom Brady. He's like some like weird little like in like, between like. Like here's Patrick Mahomes's like uh, scrambling abilities. He's probably like right underneath him probably. What I'm telling you is he's Tom Brady slash Drew Brees like that type of archetype. But like with the escapability, dude. And, like, if you give him two years removed from an ACL injury, like, feeling a lot more comfortable, like, I mean, dude, he's going to win MVP next season. Yeah. But back to like, the game, like, like, back to the game. Samanje P. Ryan, did you see how that dude was proving a point? He bounced Justin Reed. He dribbled his head not, as he was I'm not surprised, him. dude. He was a physical. He has the... Did, does he still have the record for most rushing yards in a game in call in like FBS? Oh, does he? Yeah, because he like beat the shit out of KU. 
I think he does. I think like Melvin Gordon broke the record, and then like a week later, Samaj P. Ryan broke the record. People like always forget that Samaj P. Ryan was like the number one running back over Joe Mixon at Oklahoma. Like Samaj P. Yep. Ryan's good. Single single game rushing record belongs to Oklahoma's Samaj P. Ryan for. 427 yards in 2014's game against KU. Yeah, like, P. Ryan's always been, like, good. He's just, like, not athletic enough to be a guy who you would build he's, an offense he's your He's your power back. He's your he, third he down. Just, P. Ryan is, like, a, a B-minus player, if that makes sense. He's been, like, a C-C-plus player for, like, most of his career, and, like, he's been trending upwards because, like, you know, he's still fresh and now he's a fresh vet. Yeah. So, I mean, it, like he, he's like a nice player to have. Like, I mean, he's nothing special. He can fill in like when you need him. Like Joe Mixon offers like the next level of like, you know, athleticism and all that crap. I mean, like P Ryan's fine. Why P Ryan was in instead of Joe Mixon on that third down in the Super Bowl and that fourth down in the Super Bowl, I will never understand. But, uh, I mean, he's he's fine. Yeah, that 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 game was just it was hard to watch. Harrison Butker missed a field goal again. Yeah, and it's just like, what are we doing here? I don't know who was. Well, I mean, the Kelsey fumble really like turned the tides. That, that really game. did. But then, if you think about it, like if Kel- everybody says, "Well, if Kelsey didn't fumble, Tyler Boyd dropped an open touchdown," so there's a wash. You know, we still Facts. lost the game there. Tyler that, Boyd did drop that touchdown pass. So, like, it, we should have lost by two. T- we should have lost by more points. Like, it's it's sad that we think of that. That oh, I, I'm Travis telling Kelsey. you, dude. Like, it's the same thing that happened with the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Like, everyone wants to talk about like the offensive line. And all that stuff in that Super Bowl, and that's all fine and dandy, and that's like valid and everything. But I mean, like at the time, that team has healthy Leonard Fournette yeah. and like AB and Mike. Their Evans defense was they had their number Chris one defense. Godwin. Yeah, and I, I'm not even talking about the defense because like no. the Carolina defense and the Bucks defense aren't the same. But it's just like, how are you supposed? to stop an offense like that. Well, you can't. So you have to keep score with an offense like that. Because I would argue that Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd is like a tier below that Bucks receiving core, right? Yeah. Like that Bucks receiving core is cracked. Like, I'm sorry to report. But like, I don't know, like, you have to keep up with that offense, especially when they have Joe Mixon. And you're allowing pressure with three down linemen. Like, like mm-hmm. tell me, tell me how you're supposed to do that. Like the math doesn't add. Exactly. And and this game, well, going into this game, I wasn't on the podcast last week, but I was like, this is this is Patrick's game. Like, this is an over my dead body game. Patrick's gonna come out, piss hot, firing away. And they came out and just looked lackadaisical. And it, we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. And it got to the point where we were running out of toes. I don't know who was calling the plays on offense. I don't know who was calling the plays. Derek me and me, bro. They, it, they... And I'm not trying to push that shit, but I am because every time they would cut to the camera, it looked like the enemy was calling plays. And I wish we would just stop it. God. No, bro. Like, 
You got to let Eric Bien me call the plays in the big games. So that way Andy can call the plays in the big games in the playoffs. I, I'm tired of it. Like, don't play games to just barely win. Call games to just beat their dicks in the dirt and then I, get on I don't the bus. think they can, though, bro. I think you're overestimating how good the roster is. I, I said this last year. I, I mean, there's no pot evidence. You can ask Katzenberg at Fox. But last year, it's like, yeah, the roster fucking sucks outside of, like, six dudes. And this year, and it's now, like, ah, the roster's, like, a little bit better than it was last year. I'd say but it's like, more. Uh, like, and there's five, like, elite players. Like, you don't even have the sixth guy now. Exactly. And, like, even on defense, like, whenever we're trying to go for a tackle, we, we hit them. We get we make we make contact with them, but they're dragging us for an extra three or four yards. I'd like to know how many yards after contact the other team has before they're finally tackled. How many first downs have we given up? Jamar Chase on that very last play when they before that, they that's were, a bad play. That's a losing play. That was horrible. Like yeah, that like you're that, funneling. That's a play you gotta make if you want to exactly. win titles. And why are you funneling him? <clears throat> why are why were they funneling him? To break outside, funnel that guy so that way he can make it into your guys' players. Why are we? They're not funneling him in the right direction. And I don't know. That game from beginning to end was just a brain aneurysm. I was sitting out. I was just sitting here, just tweaking the whole time. And there was mo- there were peaks. There were moments where I thought we were going to win. And as I, I honestly, as soon as Butker missed that field goal, I knew I was like, yeah, this oh, is you knew they were fucked. Yeah, I, I, it's just one of those games. It's like Butker misses the field goal. It's like. We're in for the long haul here. We're not going to make it. And All right. Well, even though Joe is Pat's daddy, Pat is Denver's daddy. I agree. And we play yeah. Denver next week. I don't think we really got to preview this. They kicked Patrick Mahomes up uh, Sunday night football because the Broncos are so goddamn bad. Broncos could only score nine points last week. And Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are not healthy completely. And, Portland something might actually just miss the fucking game. Yeah. So we got Mahomes versus Mr. Limited. How are we going to let Denver look competent in this game? I was going to say this game, we are going to lose. We're not, we're going to lose. We're only going to win by three. Like this is just that game where we're just going to make them look okay. Denver strikes me as a team because they have done it in the past. Where they're going to make us kick a ton of field goals inside the red zone. And so we're going to win the game like fucking 23 to like 11 or some bullshit like that. Make it like 23 to 13. I'll give them a 23 13. That's about what I think it will be. You know what? Like. Hold on. I got to write that down. Been a while since we've uh, since I've been on the podcast. So this game like feels weird to me. Like I hope like this is that game where just we come out again. You know, I say we come out hot, put up a hundred on them. It's not. Um, this game is like one. It's like one of those trap games almost. Like you're. I feel like personally, and this is football's not that hard. You're looking ahead to the Texans, bro. Yep, football's not that hard to think of. It's not that complicated. It's Denver. We always think that we have them. We do. We always we always own them. We own them. We they haven't beat us in like a thousand days or something like that. It's crazy. They haven't beat us in so come on. Anyways, I think we're gonna come into this overthinking it, thinking we own them. I think we barely skate by. I think it's like a seven as like 17 to 20 game. 
I really do. I think I, it's that I close. I think for a lot of the uh, rivalry games and like just AFC West games, a lot of the times you think like, "Oh, we should just beat the Raiders," and then we like lose the Raiders for some. But we stick. But they stay. They stick with us. Yeah, they're, like they're those teams always stick with us. They know us. Like they know what they're doing. Like Denver doesn't have as much pass rush as like the other two teams, like Max Crosby and like. Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack make huge differences. Um, Denver doesn't have Bradley Chubb anymore. So, like, that is a thing. They do have better – they have a better secondary than, like, at least the Raiders. I I would say they probably have a better secondary than the Chargers, too. Between, yeah. like, Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons and all that. So, I mean, the defense is going to be good, and that's why I think it's just one of those game, games where, I mean – like you said, it's kind of skirting by and, you know, you win and it's just like, all right, fine, whatever. Yes. All right. Gavin is supposed to be here soon. So I want to talk about uh, just college football in general with you, Mr. Beans. Let's talk about, do you want to talk about uh, the, the, the Heisman? I do want to talk about the Heisman. Actually. Let's talk, let's talk about the Heisman. Yeah. Let's like- talk about the Heisman. So the final four candidates, I don't know how they determine who gets to go to New York because, like, every year it's like, oh, we invited these three guys. Well, now we invited these five guys. Well, now it's four guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know how the fuck they determine, like, who gets to go. It's probably, like, how close you are to the winner or whatever. So you have Caleb Williams, who's the proverbial favorite, Max Duggan, uh, Stetson Bennett, and fourth guy who I'm forgetting for some reason. I can't remember what his name is. Who'd you say? Who is uh, I said it's Duggan, uh, Caleb Williams, Stetson Bennett, and who's the last? C- CJ, is it CJ Stroud? CJ Stroud, yeah. Is, is it really CJ Stroud? I can't I yep. couldn't remember. Yeah, it's CJ Stroud. So it's CJ Stroud. So, yeah, CJ Stroud, Max Duggan, Caleb Williams, Stetson Bennett. Um, I have no fucking idea, like, Caleb Williams is like the favorite. It, it, this is an awful Heisman class, just for what it's worth. Like awful. Like Caleb Williams has been good, but like it's been an awful class. Um, it's a shame Hendon Hooker and like Blake Corum aren't there over like fucking Stetson Bennett. Um, I know that Stetson Bennett literally got at least fourth place in the Heisman for being the quarterback on the best team in the country and not shitting himself. And I'm almost afraid they're going to just give it to him. Like, almost. Because Heisman voters are retarded. Can I be, like, blunt with you on this? Like, this might be my hot take. Yes. The Heisman trophy has lost its meaning to me. Why is that? I, I I feel like it's just now, if you're a quarterback, all right, then it, it's your trophy. What's like, really funny about that is Devonta Smith won the Heisman two years ago as a wide receiver, but I digress. I, I know, I know, but look at the majority. Like, it's quarterback, I mean, quarterback, yeah, quarterback. the majority of it is, is quarterbacks, but I mean, like, MVP in NFL is, like, quarter always quarterback, too. And I've said this for a while. Like, I thought the Heisman was supposed to be, like, your, um, 
like it's your most valuable player. I get it. Um, but it does, it just doesn't take so much into consideration offensive linemen. It doesn't take into consideration defense, like Manti Teo, like that. I know like people want to talk about the Manti Teo. I mean, you should bring up Indomitian Sue. Indomitian Sue is, is probably the best primary. The, the only defensive player that ever really fucking won was, uh, Charles Woodson. And that one was controversial and it's because he returned punts and probably caught some touchdown passes. Exactly. Too. So, so that one is, but Indomitian Sue is a prime example. The guy had more tackles than this whole entire team of Alabama that year or whatever it was. It was crazy. Yeah, and that, and that gets to literally, I, I remember a quote where it was, if Indomitian Sue couldn't win the Heisman with the season he had and with like the end, like with the championship game, like the final like stamp yeah. that he yeah. had, then no defensive lineman's ever going to win. Exactly. And so it's like, no longer, it's no longer a most valuable player situation. It's a, where are you going to school at? And are you a quarterback or running back and maybe a wide receiver or sprinkle it in here and there? Um, yeah. Um, it's, I, it's really washed down. In my I opinion. just don't know who even would fucking win it this year. This year's just been bleh. like, I mean, honest to God, if you were going to give it to someone, it probably should be like Blake Corum. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, there's no if one Blake Corum didn't get hurt, and that's what sucks, is if he didn't get hurt, like... It's Hendon Hooker, too, dude. Hendon Hooker, like, doesn't get hurt, like, the second to last week of the season, or not the second to last week of the season, but with, like, two weeks left in the season or however many games, like, he's getting an invite, like, exactly. for sure. But it's like, oh, you hurt yourself with, like, a game and a half left? Well, go fuck yourself. And it's, it sucks. It sucks, because it, it, how did they traject after that? Like with him. he was the favorite. Like he was exactly. The, he, he, he was, was the favorite after they beat Bama, and then they lost to Georgia, and he like became not the favorite. Mm-hmm. And like Bo Nix was like a favorite for a little bit, and then he wasn't. And it's like there's been no consistent favorite for this whole time. And then Duggan. And, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. Go ahead. No, but like Caleb Williams is like the consensus favorite right now, and at this point, it's just like, I I guess like sure. Like I, I suppose he's like the favorite, but it's like, is he like eh, okay? Like I don't know. To me, like to me, there's no good winner. I, I think it's got to either be Caleb Williams because stats, even though like Michael Penix Jr. has better stats, but it's got to be like Caleb Williams because of stats. But even is it that way though too? Like, couldn't you just say that, like, C.J. Stroud's good stats, too. I, I keep I mean, coming back, and you said it, too, with Duggan. It's like, I almost feel like Duggan is just, like, the dude where it's like, all right, well, like, this team, like, shouldn't be here, but, like, this, this guy. This guy carried it. And that's my thing. Like, this guy, this dude, and we'll talk about this about in the KSU segment because I really want to talk about him. He lost in like, that game, though. Like, let's not beat around the bush. But he carried them, like. Yeah, he still lost the game. Mentally and emotionally carried him, carried that whole team. And I don't think if you, I think if you have any other quarterback in that game or on that team this year, I don't think they have the record that they do. He wins the Heisman, in my opinion, if that game's at night. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. I agree with that. (laughs) No, because like, here's the thing, right? Voters are actually really stupid. Um, especially like NBA voters, NBA voters will literally just vote for a narrative. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like 
here's the narrative, and everyone votes that way. I'm telling you right now, if he didn't even have to win, but like the image of him like falling to the ground exhausted. Like, if they would have lost the game, like, because they kicked a field goal or whatever, or, like, maybe he scores a touchdown in K-State, like, hey. Hello, Gavin. Look who joined us. Oh, my gosh. Done it. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got him. We got the Gav. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, this Heisman crap is awful. Gavin, what are your thoughts on the Heisman? Is he paused? I don't know. He's paused. You're not talking about it. No, he doesn't seem to care. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Heisman just doesn't. It it who and, won and, it last year? I can't even remember who won. It Bryce, Young, Bryce Young. Yeah, and like, why isn't Marvin Harrison Jr. like in the conversation? Because he's a wide receiver. Devontae Smith was a wide receiver a couple of years ago. Yeah, but that was because like Mac Jones wasn't good. See, it's the narrative. Like, we, we decided that Mac Jones wasn't actually good at football, and Devonta Smith carried him. But we've okay, already but, decided that C.J. Stroud is, like, good at football, so Marvin Harrison can't carry him. Okay, C.J. Stroud's good at football, but he loses to Michigan. Uh, Caleb Williams is good at football, but uh, loses to Utah all the time. Like, twice. Twice. So, there's no narrative there. We can't really, you know, pick on that. Dude, and that's um, why we go back to Stetson Bennett, bro. He won his conference championship and therefore is the Heisman Trophy winner. And I'm going to – if Stetson Bennett win – that'd be the most undeserved bullshit of all time. I like Stetson Bennett genuinely. Like, I think his story is great, and he's going to make a lot of money holding a clipboard as a third-string quarterback in the NFL. But, like, oh, my God. He is just like, dude, I, no. I like I like the uh, jokes of he is the same age as Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Uh, who else dude, is like, I would hope he'd be fucking good. He's like twenty five. Exactly. I, how do you? How do you? Like, how are you considering you going back? The guy's about to pay for his own insurance, bro. He's about to get kicked off his family plan. <laughs> it's. Dude. I, I have I find it hard to believe that a guy that should be an insurance salesman is 25 years old and throwing slants to an NFL roster currently. All right, so um, I'm gonna transition know. us to something else while we wait for Gavin for a little bit. We'll give him like this segment, and then we're gonna go with it. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna bring up the transfer portal, and I'm gonna bring up that JT Daniels is transferring. To- Referring to his fourth school. Oh and my god! It could potentially get a seventh year of eligibility because of a hardship waiver for the year that he like tore his knee up. So he might have two more years of eligibility. So theoretically, he can play for five different schools. God, that guy Dude. was he? Did he graduate high school in sixteen? He was. He's in the same quarterback class as uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I'm pretty sure he was the number three quarterback that year. Hey, turd, I, I can see, we can see you now. I think it worked now. Jesus Christ. Hey, 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 gentlemen, hey, hey. we got him. <laughs> but, uh, no, dude, someone in, like, a comment section basically just said, like, bro, give it up and sell insurance. 
He refuses to think. Like, honestly, at what point do you just say, I'm a D2 quarterback? Dude, We're talking about JT Daniels. Daniels. I'm going um, all the way to fucking, like, the American Conference to go win a goddamn job. No kidding. Like, the, the, do you go to the SWAC? Like, what's left? Bro, what? You can't go to the SWAC. He is white. Uh, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. Where do you go? Where do you go? MIAA. Oh, just join. Go to Washburn, baby. Go to Washburn. Hey, Washburn had a two-player draft streak there for a little bit. They did. So go to Washburn, man. They have a draft streak. You might get drafted. Could you go, imagine JG Daniels at fucking Washburn? They, they might win. He would win a conference championship and maybe a D2 playoffs. Like, uh, yeah, he probably would win a conference. Well, North Northwest Missouri State's pretty good at football. Okay, go there. to Northwest Missouri. Go to somewhere where you're going to win. At this point, just do it for the rings. Do it for the shirts. Do it for the free gear. That's really what he's doing do it right now. City, do Dog, that guy's been to USC and Georgia. He can't he can't go to fucking Washburn. He's got a taste of the good life. Is he gonna start at Washburn? <laughs> That's the thing. Does he get benched at Washburn? <laughs> Dude, if you got benched at Washburn, it might just be time to fucking sell insurance. Anyway, I, sorry. Living just I didn't live in Topeka, Kansas. No fucking thanks, bro. Yeah, well, that's that's just uh, we don't accept them. <laughs> Anyways, that's our capital, but we don't accept them. <laughs> All right, one sec. I want to see because I think JT Daniels did some bullshit about like wanting to like go pro and needing a place well, to help just him. Know go that pro. whatever team is taking him in from the transfer portal is just blaming the old school for being the reason that he actually wasn't good, and it's everyone else's problem, and he was put in an impossible situation. And it's actually not the player. It's just him. And then the process will just continue to repeat as he goes down to lower levels. It's never the player's fault. That's what the transfer portal's for. But the crazy thing is every time the backup quarterback has come in behind JT Daniels has looked extremely bad. So if anything, you should go to a school to improve the backup quarterback. So that way the backup That's quarterback. That's why we brought in Adrian. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, come to K State, be the starting quarterback for you yeah. know a couple games. Will Howard will then be. Any well, no, we've league. already we've already accomplished this. We have to wait till we get the next quarterback. Oh, that's Nashville. right. Okay, so right. give him get take a couple years off. You know, go sit behind in a JUCO somewhere and come. Although back. I don't know if we brought in JT Daniels, started him for a, a half, and just let like pissed off Will Howard season happen again, and we got another jump. Like if that's how that has to happen, then we, I guess we go that, from. We go from like a star rating Will Howard to like a superstar. Yeah, no, it, it goes from X superstar factor. to superstar X factor. Like, there we go. We continue jumping. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, JT is probably going to end up back in California. My guess is like Fresno State. That's kind of what I do. How Poly? Uh, Sac, Sac State, baby. Sac State. Okay, baby. Gavin, you're here. We're going to talk about the Big 12 title. K State fucking won the Big 12 title. I can't believe you guys haven't got there already. Um, Gavin, we had to blue ball our audience because we, we flipped what, the script. Who would we be? Who would we be to not include the man that I hugged in AT&T Stadium the moment the Ty Zedner's kick went through? We cried. It was We did beautiful. cry. I'm Here's what just, said. I don't even know where to start with this. So how about um what a fucking game? Like independence yeah. of even winning, just entertainment, uh, highs, lows, making you fucking scream your head off multiple different ways. I, I, the best way I can wrap it up to myself, I really felt like, like both t separate teams 
were absolutely going to win the game like four separate times. Yeah, like, that, no, it was that swinging. That was how dramatic the momentum swings were. It wasn't mm. just like, you know, oh, they just kind of dog walked you down the field or whatever. I mean, that happened. But when the momentum switched, it was a it was a moment. It was a muff punt. It was a fumble. It was an interception. It was just a play, a singular item that was just like all of the one side of the stadium went from screaming to hands or just fucking face palm. And the (laughs) other side is going fucking berserk. It was awesome in there. Jerry's world was full. It was all purple, baby. We're all cheering for the purple team. Game day. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better atmosphere for college football. I I'm glad you brought up game day. I'm gonna say this right now: everyone should go to one game day in their lifetime and then never go to another one. Like, you pretty much are just standing outside to watch TV, and it's like cool, but like at the same time, it's like oh my god, like we're just stand. You can't fucking hear anything. And it's just crowded, and you're watching TV in a crowd. Like, yeah, game day is super cool. Only go to it once if it's at your school. Don't don't go seeking it out. Is what I do would we say. do we do we get to claim this one? Do we get to claim this game day? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, like it's it's a neutral site game. I mean, it's technically it? a neutral site game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like I'm, Lee Corso. Lee Corso may have put on his last head, and it. Was, oh, he'll do the natty, surely. The game yeah. day doesn't go to the natty. I thought they did go to the natty. I don't think so. No, wait. They'll so, beat Army Navy, won't they? I thought they, they, they I thought they always went to Army Navy. Oh damn! I thought K State would be his last head. He put He's on. Gonna be one, okay, not to be that guy. Lee Corso can retire whenever the fuck he wants. I would, but. And, it's the I would really like him to be like a guy that only comes back for like maybe a really big game and a special moment because yeah. Lee Corso is really old and it's really sad to see him be really old on TV. Yeah. I am glad that they are phasing him like in the direction that they are with Pat McAfee. Like it's a very smooth transition of power. Yeah, and I I hope they don't make Pat McAfee start putting on fucking. No, I don't think you do. I think you let I, it die. I I don't I don't like I wouldn't like that. I don't know how you wrap up the end of game day though. Yeah, you've got to always like oh the big culmination to see what Lee puts puts what had Lee puts on because it was like the anticipation factor. That's what everybody cheers for, and then when he takes it off and throws it off, no fuck that. <laughs> like that, you can't beat that. It, that's what you're building up to. Uh, th- it's their job to come up with something else entertaining to do. But the sad part is the people are our age and they're going to determine this and it's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> but um, let's go back to the game. Go back to yeah, the game. Yeah, let's go back to the game, man. We got to <laughs> change it there. Um, you know, this is one of those things. I mean, they, it, it, they won and it's like really fucking easy to go on tangents because you're just really happy that they won. Um, I do have one thing though. I think so. I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand like how big that game was for K State. Let me give you guys some numbers. Ooh, I like numbers. I like this 1909, 1910, 1912, 1934. 2003, 2012, 2022. 
That is seven numbers. I, I think I think if you guys are paying attention, you know what those seven numbers entail. Those are the seven times that K-State has won a conference championship in football. That is crazy. If you're, if you're keeping track, four of those are before century. World War II. Mm-hmm. And 1909, 1910, and 1912 came in the one sec sorry about early 1900s nope in the kansas intercollegiate athletic association with washburn as a conference mate oh my god yeah so to say that k-state has done fuck all in the history of its program is the understatement of the century i don't even know how much you can count oh nine ten and twelve in the 1900s as legitimate championships when you're playing with goddamn Washburn. KU wasn't even like a conference mate. Like they're a non-conference team in that. So, I mean, really the only ones you got are one from 1934 when you're in the big six and then everything else from this century on. So, I mean, that is a massive program win for K-State. And, and it's, I mean that that's why Gavin and I, I mean, to to not sound like too mushy, but I mean that's why you're crying at the end of that game, even if it's only for a little bit, because you live for moments like that and you don't get them too often. And they're really big when it comes to the comes to the history of the program. And you know, going into the game, like uh, my thoughts on TCU before that game was, you know. I'm, I don't like Horn Frog fans. They, I don't like them. Fort Worth is just a weird place. After that game, like I gained a lot of respect for them. Like, I, I gained a lot of respect for TCU. All of it, their team, yes. their quarterback, the their fan base. I don't agree. I don't understand. Me and my buddy Aaron are driving down. And they're talking about these weird ass fucking hypno toads with these <laughs> dumb ass sayings on the interstate. None of it makes sense. But you know what? If you get a group of people to get behind something retarded and they cheer loud enough, I at least respect it because you guys believe in what you believe in, as retarded as it might be. I would respect their fan base. They were loud there. There's a lot of them. It's basically a home game, but still. Um, just that's that's really all I got to say about TCU. I didn't respect them coming in. I was very vocal about that. They've been kind of a team of destiny. And a lot of that almost continued to happen in this game. Fuck you, announcer, oh. that said in the game that the after everything was going K-State's way, after we had lost our number one corner and our number one wide receiver in the game already, go fuck yourself. Um, I would have liked to play the whole game with Echo and Malik, but that game... Yeah, that would have been nice. That game... Uh, to kind of transition away from the TCU side, almost felt like just a culmination of the season for Kansas State. The amount of adversity you got to overcome in the game, self-inflicted wounds you overcome. Go ahead, Beans. That team literally gave – Max Duggan gave 150%. K-State all around gave 135,000%. Like, yeah. a bajil- all of it, everybody. The fact Garber was playing wide receiver two weeks ago, I had to look him up on the roster. He wasn't even, like, number 35 on the roster. It was Bequeath, who's a freshman fullback. Like, he changed his number, moved from wide receiver to corner three weeks ago. 
So that way he could play in this scenario, not play, but, you know, help this team out and win. Mm -hmm. And he did great. He did good. There was two, like, weird components to this championship game and almost season as a whole that, like, I would have never expected. And I really wouldn't have, like, didn't appreciate until watching it. The first part is, as I'm always a guy, put your best roster on the field and to my disbelief we rotate players we get a lot of players on the field yes Chris Kleinman that's like a staple of our program almost Klanderman and does really good on that just in it, and out in and out in and out yeah. in a big lot of games guys play. right in big games when you I know that RJ hasn't played a lot this year RJ's played some especially when we've had some injuries but like when you need that play and you're able to have a guy step up like RJ Garcia and catch that touchdown catch that he a freshman. did as freshman from, but he's still rotated in games. Like it's yeah. just, it's incredible. Like when you watch that stuff come together like that. And then the other part is beans. And I, I know that you'll appreciate this just as much as I do. Um, your punter who is yes. a junior college transfer now kicking field goals for you as well. And there was a there's a video that came out from K-State Twitter earlier this uh, week, and it really stuck with me. Chris Kleinman coming from a lower division of Division One football. Uh, I don't care if you play junior college. I don't care if you play NAIA. I don't care where the fuck you play football. If you're talented, we're going to find you, and we're going to win a Big 12 championship with you. That was exactly what mm-hmm. fucking happened, and there's no better way to wrap that up than a junior college punter coming on to kick a game-winning field goal in a Big 12 championship game. And it's this, really just so par for the course for K-State to have someone like that do that. Because, I mean, like that that's what the program got built off of, is yes. dudes who got given that chance to come play from JUCO because they couldn't make grades or whatever. And, I mean, there's so he's many. A Kansas, he's a Kansas kid, too. Yep, and that, too. And I want to give a special shout-out to our ex-classmate, Dustin Delforge. You got to get mm-hmm. in the game. That was unfortunately that was the big. expense of uh, KT Livingston for a little bit. Yeah, but like I, I texted him a little bit after that night, and it's just like he told me he was like, "Yeah, man, like I could have went like G five and like probably played more this year." Like I got like some people asking about me, and it was like, but I wanted to stay to you know do something special, and it's like I mean. I mean, during that drive where KT got hurt and Dawson came in, I mean, they burn like another two minutes off the clock because they get some crucial first downs. And, you know, you give TCU that kind of time at the end of the game, you know, that's plenty of time to go get a, you know, game-winning field goal. And it's just like, you know, guys like Dawson are guys that built this program too. I mean, guys from small-town Kansas who come in and work their ass off and may never even get to – fucking play and, meaningful minutes in a game or like whatever, like aren't promised that at all, but they come in and iron sharpens iron and, you know, they make the team better. And like guys like that are just the backbone. And I think it's safe to assume that most of these guys are climbing guys. Like these are the guys he brought in. These are the guys he wanted. He molded them to be this way. And a lot of them are sticking around. They aren't leaving. You know, we aren't facing the Alabama yes. situation where everybody's entering the transfer portal. We've only had three guys enter, yes. only three of them, and they were all like deep in the depth chart, and not from Kansas either. A lot of these guys are from out of out of the Kansas area. What What's incredible about that statement, though, Beans, 
is when you say they're Kleinman guys, it really, really sticks to what we've been talking about here because those guys come, they come from the transfer portal. They come from recruiting. They come from junior college. They come from wherever the fuck that we can find them, but they get here Mm -hmm. and they are better than they were advertised. They are better than they were supposed to be. How many preview A&M safeties have Kleinman brought in? Two. Two, and they've Two. all made significant impacts Drake, to this roster. Drake Cheatham and uh, Sauce Boss, man. Exactly. So Double if you're four. at a – Both those, you know you're both good, those dudes have been awesome. Yes, and they've been great. And so, like, you know, that's that's like what you said, a test to climb in for finding these guys wherever you're at. If the sun touches your ass, like, you might be at K-State because you're good. I, I, I don't want to – all the credit in the world to Chris Kleinman – and I, I know that um, even there was even some uh, like funny comments made uh, almost over um, giving Colin Klein too much credit uh, throughout the game or throughout the year. But Colin Klein may truthfully actually be like one of the better young offensive coordinators in college football, right? You know, now. and for he, how long he's been doing it for. He was what, in his bag. Yeah, I. Uh, I have a newfound appreciation and for the um, essentially punching bag of Kansas state university on the offensive side of the ball, he has more than delivered with what he's been given this year on the offensive side. Before the season, we're talking about, we are have the most unsure like quarterback situation. Right? No, I shouldn't say most like our quarterback situation, completely up in flux. We have no idea what we're going to get from Adrian at that point. Will Howard sucks. We knew our offensive line was going to be good. Our wide receivers took a such a massive fucking step in development this year. Um, obviously, the step from Will Howard, you get a J.D. Giddens guy who can come in and be an amazing compliment to Deuce. Just like as far as how we use those players, the development those players took, everything. Just obviously, all, all that stuff's got to come together for you to win a Big 12 title. But like, I I want to really just put credit on everyone's shoulders here because it truthfully was from the top 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 end of chris kleinman down to the coordinators down to the position coaching groups to the players just every single group pulling through on pulling all of their weight on what had to happen for us to be able to win a game like this and win an or win a big 12 championship and i oh my god i'm back (laughs) another another uh you know significant moment in the game like Three three big moments really stand out to me. It was the Austin, and they're all official related, I guess, if you want to say that. The Austin Moore potential safety, we don't or not safety, potential, you know, fumble, whatever it could have been. I, I legitimately don't know what the rule is. I I talked to my inside sources and he honestly said that is the most 50-50 thing he could have ever seen. Like um I've never I have watched so much football and been a part of so much football in my life. I have no idea what you call on that. He 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 it's said like the arm is going forward. Forward which should make it, but there's a, a slight pass. pause, and that's I don't know. Well, because like me, I don't know what the rule would be. Like the arm's going forward, but the ball doesn't come out of the hand, but you knock it out of the hand. So like, and it goes backwards. I, I see. So I like, you know. could argue that's a backwards pass then. I don't know. I don't know. I I specifically remember turning to Gavin during that game and saying, I don't know what they, I I don't know what this is, whatever they call. I'm just going to live with like, I, I, there's, there's no idea. I thought my opinion, that could have been one of those, like, 
there's no evidence to overturn it. Yes, that's what I think it really should have been. Because like, wasn't. because they let it play out. Shout out to them for letting that play out. You yes. sometimes when you blow that play dead, you just fudge that up there. The, they played it out. That was great, and I thought, okay, this is going to go in our favor because it could get overturned. That's that's play number one that I you know really stuck out to me. Genuinely, it wouldn't shock me if the NCA like makes a rule determination. On they that. will change. They will change something next year. They will or either like, define it, more, it. They will be more defined. They will make an example. Or like. I, I've never seen that, and it may never happen again. No, yeah. but it, I, it I just definitely, don't even know what the rule on that is because I've never seen anything like that. Shout out to Austin Moore, Kansas guy, walk-on guy. Guy's a dude. Guy's a dog. Dude. He's a dude. <laughs> but I, I like more. I like give me more, more. Anyways, um, more, more. Anyways, so that's number one. Number two was in uh, the overtime. You know. Whether or not that was a fumble, and time number three was whether or not that ball went over. Like, so or, or when when Duggan when Duggan's reaching out and stuff like that. Like, what those are- I will say is, I have looked at that play. I've I slowed it down frame by frame. In the NCAA, your wrist counts as down, and there is a point when the ball is about halfway through the one yard line and the uh, goal line. Like when the ball is like right in between yep. about halfway, his wrist breaks, so he's gotcha. down. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So the, the spot because everyone, everyone freeze frames it when his forearm mm-hmm. is down, and the ball is literally like a hair away from the goal line, and and like that that one is very obviously not like a touchdown unless you were biased as fuck. But, like, what I don't think a lot of people realize is, like, they, they pull up the spot of the ball on that next play. But, like, if the refs are going off of where the wrist hit, which the wrist is down, if you see it, he hits his hand, and then his wrist breaks, and then his forearm goes down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would be where the wrist breaks. I, I truthfully thought that that play was one of the, like, least controversial, too. It's one that got the most publicity because it was an overtime. It was, like, a, you know – it determines the game in the sense that, like, it's later in the game, so it feels like it. But, like, but it doesn't even determine the game because K-State still gets the goddamn ball. No, I, but- I know. Like, that's the way it's phrased. That's the way whatever. But, like, uh, it's it's a freeze-frame picture. Like, it just is what it is. Like, it's, Another- even like you said, the the second one, the, uh, the elbow being down, you can just very clearly see – that his like fingers are to the goal, or his like fingers are barely not to the goal line, and the ball is within them. And then another big moment, like on that goal line stand, Manhattan High walk on stops him. Like it's just it's all around. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah. And on that other like reach into the goal line thing, that I dude, people need to stop posting still frame photos of shit. Because it's like, oh, well, he reached it out. Well, it's like, all right, well, his knees are down or he's laying on top of a pile and his, like, momentum has stopped. And he's, like, down, like, he, he's, oh. like, down via forward progress. And I'm sorry, TCU. This isn't an excuse. Whatever. You're the number four team in the country undefeated with a chance to go to the playoffs on the line and you need six inches. I don't feel bad for you if you can't get that twice. Dude, like, for real. Yeah, at the and end like, of the day, like you you fucking got whatever you wanted on first and second down 
on the first couple of plays of that overtime drive, got to the six yard line, and then just got fucking outmanned and outmuscled on two terrible play calls. Yeah, but like, the but for real though, like shout out to Max Duggan. I've never seen somebody lose a game, but gain more interest into the Heisman. Like like solidify his spot into the Heisman after losing. What and respect. What's funny is I said it was going to be a Friday Night Lights game, and Duggan actually looked like Friday Night Friday Lights. Friday Night Lights, like yeah. he it literally, really... literally looked like that photo, like when um, like he collapsed in the end zone and all that crap. Yeah, like yeah, he gave it his all, and I, I like we've mentioned it before. I, I have a ton of respect. I, if he wins, I, God bless him. Like yeah. now, um, and Sam, I think that you will, um, as far as like being in the stadium and feeling the the difference in the game that this one singular moment that Muffed punt made. That that's the play that sticks oh out God. to me. Oh my God! Because that's coming. You know. We just we're getting no pressure on Doug in the we're getting hits on him as far but like that the ball's coming out like we're getting essentially delayed blitzes to him but we hadn't act we had not sacked him we had not physically affected a throw at that point yet we finally get Felix in the backfield that forces a punt and then like we're running away with the game on offense at this point it feels like you know the whole K State section I'm assuming it's the way everyone felt watching the game like holy shit. We got this game in the bag. We're going to run away with this thing. And that was like the first time in the game that like I believed that that was an actual possibility. Because in the beginning of the game, TCU had scored first. TCU looked like the better team until we got the big pass to Malik Knowles. And then all of a sudden, we're running away with this thing. And then just bang, ton of bricks. Oh, my God. You can't do this that, type of stuff against this. You know what I was immediately gotcha. thought of? What's that? As soon as like, like wow, that punch in the air. I just keep thinking, oh my god, that's like a long way to run. Yeah, he like he kicked it all the way from like, like he kicked it all the way away from Phil, and he tried to catch it. it was just, yeah, and it was just like, oh my god, that's a long way to fucking run, and it I was too far. That, I our side of the stadium that... was silent. Beans, yeah, dead immediately. That is dead to be. And the thing is, Philip Brooks, nine times out of ten, doesn't go for that. Uh, I think he goes for it. I just think he's truthfully, like, actually pretty damn good at fielding it, though. Like, in those weird-ass spots still. I don't want him to. No. But... And Yeah, Philip that Brooks. Was a, that, here's that was a, a good, good analogy for Philip Brooks. Like, what's more valuable on defense? You'll appreciate this way more, Beans. Gavin, you're going to hate this analogy. But it's like defensive ratings in baseball. If you have like mm-hmm. a tree playing shortstop, then like he's only going to be able to make like the plays that go right to him. And they're like really easy plays to make because they're right to you. And so you never really, really commit like errors. But if you have like an actual good shortstop, you can move around. He makes more plays and gets like more and like can actually cover more ground and is a better defender. But, like, you just get more mistakes because you're actually getting to harder plays. Law of averages kind of takes into effect there. Yeah. Getting so, more... I mean, like, that. So, like, back in the day with baseball, it'd be like, oh, this dude sucks at defense, but he only gets to really easy plays. So, like, he has a 100% fielding percentage. 
but like this other dude's a bad defender because like he gets to all these re- like he's he's trying to like make SC top ten plays all the fucking time because he can actually get get there and like make them, but like his fielding percentage suffers because of it. So like the dude who's a tree gets a gold glove. Looking at you, Derek Jeter. Gavin's getting mauled by a dog. No, and that Philip Brooks, like after that moment, I was with our former co-host of the show, Jacob, uh, and he he said that is what's going to lose us the game. That's what and it felt like. Right. It felt like yeah. that. It was extremely just wind knocked out of you. Like, like I had my – I was actually wearing this stocking cap. I just did I, this. I just – Truthfully, like, like in disbelief almost, did that like just happen type moment. Yep. And it, it, it didn't felt, feel real. It didn't feel real. Like I yes. was like, no, it, this isn't real. <laughs> Dude, it felt like – I'm going to tell you this right now. I've played like – not like gigantic hands of blackjack, but I played like at a $15 table before and I bet like 20 bucks in a $15 table and I doubled down on that. So like 40 bucks on the fucking table, I doubled into a fucking 20 and the dealer gave themselves a 21 and it just was that feeling of like dread and like, oh my God, what just happened? Yes. It, like that's what it felt like. And the craziest part about that was, unbeknownst to us at the time, that was just the beginning to a crazy rest of the fucking game. Because <laughs> then, after that, TCU gets the ball back. I mean, I I can't even recall play-by-play play what happens. You force up. Uh, it really did just did seem, though, like, the way it felt to me, TCU's offense really just ran through a bunch of like gigantic passing plays where they were taller and Dude, more. Athletic. It was like that they were just trying to throw like fucking haymakers like yes. all the time, yes. and then they would just but, hit some. It was bullshit. Yes, they would hit some of them. Both quarterbacks actually missed a couple haymakers too, which was another just like deflating part of the game. But you get the you get the Quentin Johnson fum, Johnston fumble as well that kind of just came out of nowhere on a big play where you didn't expect it. Julius Brents is getting just burnt all freaking game. And then Did comes he up with the, like, well, he comes up with a giant interception in their end zone as well. Yeah. That's, takes a I touchdown. Mean, Julius, off the board. That, that, that's Julius pretty Brents much. Was only, Julius Brents was targeted eight times and only two of them were recorded as were true catches. So was he really burnt? Like, yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, but does, does the one where it was thrown into the center of the field to nobody and Quinton Johnston just ran to it? I mean, that was just that, a busted covered. I don't know what was going on. Well, no, there was like, no I mean, safety, so Duggan just threw it in the middle of the field and Quinton Johnston just broke off his right, route. Right, because Julius Brents is in position. It's just the ball yeah. was so far out of position that it put like Brents out of position too. Yeah, Johnston like, just did way yeah. better at. Johnston was just really good at tracking that ball, like in that scenario. Yeah, yeah and that's just chemistry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the D. But, the, fuck it. Johnson's down Brent's there somewhere. Just, <laughs> Brent didn't really have much of a chance on that. If Brent makes that play, like, he's a first round pick because you have to have such fluid hips and ball tracking skills to do that shit. Um, I don't know. Brent's had, like, one of the weird games of all time because, like, he would get toasted or get called for pass interference. And then he forces a fumble, gets a pick. But then he also like misses what would be probably the game. Oh my day. god, you forget that one too. Yeah, Dude, we were celebrating that hurt. one a long time before we realized that was actually a drop as well. Dude, oh. same thing with the Cade Warner no catch. I thought that. Sh- I thought he got that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I. 
This game was fucking insane. It was just full of draw. It was an ESPN. Like, that's a classic. classic. Like, that's a that's a bad hood classic. Yeah. <laughs> it was what a great was, game. Um, I think my two last things on this game are, one, I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, I wouldn't change any play in that game for anything because we won. I don't care. I felt awful during a lot of the game because of it, but well worth it. Um, yes. Two, Aaron Pacta is a fucking mixed drink fiend. That dude walked into Texas Live, just fucking double vodka, two double vodka sprites just out the gate. Yeah. It was bad. We were there by nine o'clock. I woke up the next morning and, um, like, we obviously, game's fucking crazy. You went, when there was a change of momentum, like, like we said, it was immediate and it was just fucking hard. So you would just yell and scream immediately. And then you'd get you know, the crowd back into it. You're yelling on defense. I woke up the next morning. And I just like tried to pronounce words to Aaron when I had woke up across the hotel room. And I knew that like my mouth was moving and my brain was telling my mouth to make words, except I just couldn't do it. It was just nothing, man. There was no voice that left anymore. We gave every, I mean, everything we'd done this season, building up the whole team, the tailgating, the yelling at the rest of the games, drunk Aaron, Texas games, all of that. That was all leading up to. This moment, the Big 12 championship game where everything came together as a team, as a fan base, as a family, and we did it, guys. We fucking did it. Did it. Beautiful. Oh I am God. beside myself. And I you know what? It just makes this work week just a little – I mean, the Chiefs lost, but, like, that game, like – Dude, that didn't K-State even ruin the weekend. It, it honestly didn't. Like, this K-State win, like, really did make up for it, and it makes this week feel – better like it i'm dude and then feel, uh you feel the basketball taller. team the basketball team came back against uh wichita state that night Destiny yeah it was like it was just a day awesome of miracles it was a it was a day of miracles it was awesome dude jerome um, i'm just gonna put this out there we'll, we'll get more basketball coverage as we get into conference play and football is like dead but <laughs> yes <laughs> Jer- jerome knows how to find dudes who like are winners yes yes God, what and, a time to be at K State! God, this is great. Yeah, so it, it uh, we have a we have a very good opportunity to have a very good decade of both sports. Um, I'm assuming that this has been going on for a while. Uh, I'm guessing. So I do have a K State related semi hot take. Um, I actually just missed a call from the uh, aforementioned Jacob Land. He posed a question to me earlier this week that I wanted to bring up. Because it's really, really interesting, just thought exercise. What does true junior Will Howard need to do to like start entering the Colin Klein, Michael Bishop conversations in terms of legacy, in terms of all that? My answer immediately off the top of my head was counting numbers. That's what he's missing. He's never fucking started a full season. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think if you want to get there, so like this conference, so like whenever I think of our, the two conference styles that we had, I always think of the quarterback and this year is like hard to do that. Cause like it was a split. 
So for my money, he's kind of got to go out there and win his own conference title. And he's got to like get K-State to the point to where I don't want to say he's got to get in the Heisman convo. Cause I hate, I hate saying that, but he's got to like, he's got to be like first team big 12, at least I feel like, because like, otherwise you're just like Jake waters, if that makes sense. And like, just Jake waters is good. Like, I'm not trying to be an ass to Jake waters, but like to get to Klein and Bishop, cause like even L Roberson's not even L Roberson's not even there. Right. Like when you talk about best quarterbacks in case in history, it starts and ends with those two guys. Yep. And I mean L has his own L has his own conference championship. He just doesn't have the Heisman invite. And I think that's kind of what it is. You kind of gotta get a Heisman invite and win a conference title. You gotta take that individual step, not just be a cog in a machine, but go ahead, B. Yeah. Okay. All right. So two things. <laughs> A, I think if he comes out here and is, it like you guys mentioned, is a conference champ, then I that does solidify him in that. Two, I think that definitely gets him in the top five. It two changes number to number seven. Stop, stop. He's nope. not selfish like our previous quarterback being. Yeah, no. So. No, who, I think I. Who are I, the five? Who who's the top five right now? Because I, I mean, don't want to. You got like, so you like got Lynn it's Dickey. Bishop and Klein in whatever order you want to do one and two. Bishop like, Klein, oh. L. Roberson, Lynn Dickey, and for me, it's Jake Waters next. Jake Waters. Yeah, is, it's it's Jake and Skyler. I think are the next. Two. Well, no, because you you're also just, missing. Uh, you're also missing. Who's number five back in the early nineties? J- Chad May. Chad May. You're also you're missing Chad May. Chad May's top ten for sure. I mean Steve Grogan's in the uh, ring of honor, but I'm not really sure like where you place yeah, him. The, the problem Grogan. with like comparing a Jake Waters as to a like Skyler or Will yeah, Skyler's like, got like counting numbers and Jake has like more success. Well that's that's the problem. It's like I don't wanna put down Jake Waters because he was here at a point when the roster just wasn't good or like, I mean, Jake good. Waters, like if he would, Jake, Jake Waters Jake is Waters the single most impressive passing quarterback that has played for K state. He was, yeah, he's still the best ball. thrower of the football I've seen. He knew how to, it's him and Freeman, ball. him and Freeman are the two best throwers. of. Oh my gosh. I forgot about Freeman too, man. Freeman's yeah. super weird. Freeman's yeah. a black sheep because he never beat KU and like his head coach was Ron Prince and Ron yeah. Prince just is, Ron Prince is just kind of an era that yeah. people just gloss but over, and it I, sucked because there were good players from that era. There, there right. was a good roster. Like the defense wasn't really good, but the offense was great. Also, let's not let's also not beat around the bush that the fact that Ron Prince was here from 06 to 08, and then um, I'm not saying like all, I'm not even saying like a majority of the success or anything. But a lot of the recruits that he would have had that came in and like for nine, ten are guys that helped us win in eleven and twelve. Yes. So. Yeah, hundred percent. Let, let's not. We we do got to give Ron a teensy, teeny, weeny bit of um, credit for that. Not too much, but you know. Yeah. No, I I didn't want to get us too far into a rabbit hole there, but I do I do think um to kind of sum that up like that, where I felt like Colin Klein was the heart and soul of that 
2012 like team that there's a lot of good players, but it really felt like he was just the fucking soul the of that team. The lead, he was the leader, and that's he what embodied everything. Yep. I I feel like maybe not the uh, leader, but I feel like in terms of like the the soul of the team, the heart of the team, I do feel like Will embodied a lot of that this year. In the middle middle of the year, you lose your starting quarterback. Things aren't going great, and it really felt like that Oklahoma State game where. And <laughs> it still boggles my mind how well we played in that game and how well yeah. everything went. But, like, that was almost the springboard for this team to get kind of out of their middle of the season rut and into a another tier that the, I, of playing football that this team just hadn't done across the board, where maybe the defense is playing a good half, not playing a complete game but the offense was just in a completely different stratosphere that we just hadn't seen for the majority of the season. And in this game wasn't completely perfect, but at the end of the day, all three phases of the game put together enough of a complete game and got close enough to the ceiling that we saw at different points during this year for it to beat TCU, for it to beat the fourth ranked team in the in the country and a team that's playing for a national title. So I think in my mind, that's pretty fucking impressive. I would say so too. It's it's a moment in time, man. Yeah. Um yeah. There there's a lot of there's a lot of people um our age, there's a lot of people older than us, younger than us that aren't going to appreciate what happened this weekend fully until a couple years down the road. Hopefully next year we're playing for another Big 12, but that just hasn't really been historically K-State's MO. It's like you said Yeah. I don't know who's all eligible to come back. I, I don't even want to pretend to speak on that because right. I, I know some dudes are going to come back for their COVID super senior whatever year. And then some dudes honestly might come back for that year. They might like go play closer to home or something like, and you know what? If they do that, then like more power to them. I would like anyone who played significantly for us to come back, but. We'll just have to see what happens next year, but for the next 365, baby, we're Big 12 champions. You got any uh, closing words on the game, Beans? It was just beautiful. I, I, I'm, I, I'm happier than a dog with two peckers. Yeah. Well, we, we've spent a lot of time on this show, so I, let's – honestly, I don't even – what do we have for quick hitters, Beans? Uh, Deion, I, I know we got Deion- – Deion Sanders going to uh, yeah. We might as well just talk about Deion to Colorado real quick. Um, I think it's a good move by Colorado to at least shoot themselves in the arm, uh, football wise. The only thing I don't really like, so I want to be careful how I phrase this. So I'm assuming everyone saw that video where, like, he basically told the Colorado kids to, like, get in the transfer portal because he was, like, bringing his own luggage. Bringing Louis Vuitton. Yeah. So, like, I want to preface this in the nicest way possible. Um, I feel bad for the kids that the video got out because that's, yes. like, not fair to the kids. I don't feel bad for an 11 and one or a 1 and 11 football team for getting told to get the fuck out of here because he's bringing in better There's, players. I like the mental twist Dion did in his speeches he told them in a different way you're either on this bus 
or you're getting the hell out. Like if yeah. you're staying, if you're staying, I know you're my guy. If you're leaving, good riddance. Like he is thinning the herd at its finest. No, and, and like, dude, I mean, let's let's not beat around the bush. That team's a one and eleven. A lot of the dudes yes. on those te- that team, and you not can't and you can't cut players in college like you can in the pro. You can, but you can't because there it's a lot. Like, there's a lot of things you have to do. You just can't let them go. There's still, you know, it's a lot. Okay, there's just a lot to it. This is the way to do it. You show up and you say exactly what he did. And I don't think I would have worded it any other way. I think he did a great yeah. job. I, I just feel bad for the kids that it got basically Ooh, yes. them getting called like fucking garbage by Deion Sanders got out into the public. I feel bad for them in that respect. You are though. Okay. Gavin. Well, yes. No, I agree. That, that's what I was just about to say beans. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's not good for, you know, maybe the next first couple group of people coming in here. Dion's got enough essentially just respect and enough clout that it's not going to matter in terms of him being able to get the next guy probably, but oh, no, truth, they already got truthfully Dion probably actually did not want them in the building anyways. So he's going to build his I team. Mean, why his would way. you? Right. Well, I mean, well, he's already today, Jackson state probably could have beaten that team. Yeah. And today's yeah, world with the transfer portal, why wouldn't you be doing it that way? So, well, I mean, he's already bringing his son to play quarterback that I have a little, you know, yeah, that sounds like that. A, that that, that one flag. I have a little issue with, but that's fine. A little bit of nepotism there. I don't care. It's all right. It's fine. You're bringing your dudes in. Okay, that's fine. But he's bringing he's bringing that Travis Hunter guy, number number one recruit from last. Is he year. actually like going to Colorado? It's like ninety five percent confirmed. I, I didn't know if he was like going to just follow or if he was going to go to like Florida yeah. State. Because I know that originally he was going to go to Florida State. I imagine he's going to go to Colorado because that guy played both ways there. I imagine he could probably play whatever he wanted at Colorado right now. And I then he's bringing that. in he's bringing in a really good offensive coordinator from Kent State. He's bringing in oh who is he bringing in that really good? Uh, he's bringing uh, in the Alabama like associate Garrett, defensive uh, coordinator. I can't remember his name though. Begins with a G. Uh, guy. I, I, yeah. I know you're talking. I know you're talking. Yeah. About. Anyways, they're he's bringing in like good. His staff, staff is really good. He is going to have a great staff next year, and it's they might not next year. They're not going to be like worth a damn next year, probably. But Pac-12 is going to be different next year. I don't know, man. Like the Pac-12 Colorado could just go win that. Probably not they, win because Utah's still but, there. Yeah, but that conference is going to look really weird without USC, without Washington. Like it. It'll be Washington different. Washington will be there. What? Washington will be there. Like USC. No, I thought they were and... moving. No, nah, it's just USC and UCLA. Okay, all right. Well, you're still losing those two, which are fine programs. Gavin, do you have anything to add on? No, uh, not on to Dion. To the next topics. Okay. What's the next one you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, so I I got two things, and then I got my final word that I'll save for last. Uh, the first one, in terms of quick hitters, um, can we just not forget that Missouri bailed out of playing KU in a bowl game because oh my god facts. facts they facts. even got on to, they even went on to Twitter to say no we will play KU and then doesn't want to play yes. KU <laughs> yeah no the dog that uh, a terrible Kentucky basketball game is just too important dude that is what a terrible fucking look for a program that's already down so fucking bad right now Dude, and then they bring up how like KU ducked him in basketball like two years ago, and it's like, hey man, like that was a COVID year at the very least, and like I don't like KU like like that, 
or whatever, but it's just like, man, I don't know. Like, you're telling me that they ducked you two years ago, and now you're ducking them? Like, you're both just fucking pussies. It's, it's different a, like, national title uh, contending KU team ducking out of just a random well, Missouri Missouri, Missouri was ranked, like, top 15 at the time. I, I get that, the- but it's still, like, two big powers going at it at least. Um, this is a like resurgent KU football team that's supposed that that like brand equity of the name still hasn't caught up to like how good this KU football team actually is right now, and a Missouri football team that still kind of has some of the brand equity that's eroding away, but is really just like a very shitty football team and would have got their ass kicked by this KU team. Like we're talking two ends of the spectrum here. This is fucking. Yeah, I, Jesus Christ. Missouri is such a joke, dude. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Missouri plays in the SEC East. Mm-hmm. That's how much a joke they are. Yeah. And they still won the SEC East twice with Big 12 players. Um. Yeah, yeah. how about this? Baker Mayfield's a Ram, and they might play him on Thursday Night Football because they fucking hate Baker Mayfield. That's funny as hell. Baker, the, the best thing for Baker Mayfield's career over the last two and a half years would have been Baker not playing football. It's awesome. <laughs> if he would have stopped after he would have hurt his shoulder in Cleveland, he'd still have a job, have a better job, in a better situation, making more money. It's incredible. Everything Dude. went south once he pushed through the injury. Dude, Is he okay. ever going to turn like, it around? If you listen, I don't know if you guys have read that Andrew Luck story on ESPN. That's what, like, Andrew Luck did. And it, like, fucked him up. Yes. Like, bad. Like, there's, in the head. there's a moment in the career where you can see, like, his he started playing bad. Then he got essentially shipped off to Carolina. Then he was in a terrible situation in Carolina that he got blamed for. Mm-hmm. Then he's getting kicked to the curb to now a worse situation with the Rams now. All because he What is he supposed court. to fucking do no in that shit. situation? Why and I, I said this before. I five two two Atwell. Can we stop like judging quarterbacks that are playing in unserious situations? Like, there's no point. It's worthless. You cannot do it. Aaron Rodgers looks like shit all of the sudden when you take away all of the wide receivers. Really, it's a fucking crazy concept. When he has an unserious offensive situation, there's a different Aaron Rodgers that shows up. It's really just not yeah, like rocket science. Yeah, then suddenly when Christian Watson starts playing a lot better, then suddenly Aaron Rodgers looks good. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no, um, like... <laughs> uh, the only thing I got to add on to that is Deontay Johnson leads the NFL in 106 targets uh, without a touchdown. So it's fucking incredible, yeah. folks. We're here. I have, him, I have him in Dynasty, and that has been yep. pain. I He's, don't uh, bad. I heard a stat earlier today that, like, and in terms of expected fantasy points, He's the unluckiest wide receiver in the NFL or in fantasy football by 60 points. 60 points above second place. Oh my god. Think about that. Yes, it's incredible. How many Um, weeks have we had? Like 13? 13. That's damn that that's more than four points a game. Yes. No, it's an it's it's incredible, folks. It's truly that's damn near five. No, like George Pickens has been like the exact same or worse in every category, but has a couple of touchdowns. So he's like been a better play this year, just a couple of times. That's crazy. It's amazing. Um, I hate fantasy so much. I, I scored three quarterback touchdowns. One of them was rushing. 
and I lost by like 10 points. And the guy I was playing had like eight touchdowns. And it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, um, sure, whatever. No, for uh, I guess to move us to our uh, closing thoughts here, um, I just want to uh, shout out the uh, season ticket group. We uh, did it, guys. We came through a lot of adversity this year. Uh, we mounted up for week one, got prepared. We got our uh, one good drunk Aaron game out of the year. It's um, chaos, baby. It truly was a uh, incredible and uh, needed experience. I'm proud of everybody. We did it. We got. We peaked at the right time at the end of the season. Uh, what a fucking year! It's just uh, way to go, guys. I just wanted to give a shout out to everyone. You know who you are. Hey, yeah, and no coincidence. Moment I started sitting back in the seats of sat in 2014, got back to that level. So. Wouldn't trade those seats for the world, man. I sat in those seats every game, almost damn near every game from those six to fourteen. I love those seats. A lot broken of good memories. But, broken buttholes back in the playoffs again, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I gotta win. If I win this week, I should get a buy. Unless Davis outscores me by a fucking billion points. If I win this week, well, I'm, no, I'm not even gonna say it. Nope. <laughs> well, if you win this week, you're the regular season champion back to back years. Well, that too, but I was making the semifinals four years in a row too. Oh, uh, yeah, that is true. Yep. But knock on. Sucks because I'm trying to overtake you in the uh, points category and I fucking can't because you keep winning shit, Gavin. <laughs> it's it's all, all that adversity, Sam. We just feed on it. Whatever. My, I, I, whatever. I can't say that my team's gone through too much adversity. My team has just been kind of winning games. I don't think my team really is good enough to win. Uh, Bajin is coming home, by the way, Gavin. Yeah, that 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 is correct. Dean's <laughs> got any closing words? I don't want to talk about Bajin. Bajin is coming home. He's coming home. He's coming home. Uh, yeah. Um, so why are there no cursive numbers? I'm going to dig it right here. This podcast has gone on too long, and we're not ending with fucking cursive numbers. No, like, what? There's cursive handwriting. Do you not remember cursive when you were no, little? I, and, like, I know it, what cursive is. I, but, I know like, what cursive means. I, no, means. but it, it really pisses me off that we were taught when we were little that, like, you're going to do cursive every day, and then now, like, I mean, but why Why didn't they make cursive you numbers? You could just take all of the numbers and put a 15 degrees, like, tilt on them. And no, then, then, that's a, that's ita- then that's italics. Cursive, cursive is dumb. I bet you, I would bet you almost anything that cursive numbers exist, and we just didn't get taught them because we realized that cursive was fucking stupid. I, you know, everybody's going to Google right now. If there's anything that we could get rid of in the school systems, it's probably cursive. Well, yeah. I mean, why don't we just learn chicken scratch while we're there? There, just think about. That's what I do now. I think I have I have terrible handwriting. I think my handwriting's worse because I was taught cursive when I was younger. There you go. There, there, there you go. It's cursive numbers. The rationalization for learning cursive is like it's cool and like it's a lost art. It's because it's because all of our teachers were like fucking fifty and they had to write in cursive when they were in school. So like ah, better like not a fucking write cursive. They're not teaching them how to write checks in school now, but I had to suffer through cursive. No. Bro, all I do yes. in cursive is sign my name. 
I don't even do that. Like I yeah, just, even that. I just, just, I just, I just make a big C and then like, brr, and then a big U and then brr. like I, it's. I signed my name because I'm a fucking G, bro. How someone right, was copying my sig? I just don't understand why. I mean, you could fucking rationalize. You could use the same rationalization to say we should be teaching kids tong tong in school, but you don't see that getting taught in like an academic setting, just in like a retarded setting. But long go long, baby. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tong you mug. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Tong tong. Uh, final word for the podcast. We can end on this. I don't remember your first name, but whoever the girl was whose name was Dong that got thrown up at the Big 12 championship game. Oh, my fucking You were God. one of the most she entertaining. She was a Texas even... Tech track athlete, wasn't she? Yeah. Or, she's, yeah. yeah, some fucking thing. But yeah, she was like the, she was like the woman's athlete. No, she wasn't the woman's athlete of the year. I forgot what it was. She was like some sort of ambassador or something. Yeah, but they like throw it up on this on the screen beans, and it's like something. Dong. Her last name was Dong. Oh <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like Ashley Dong or something like yeah. that. And Art, like the five of us start laughing, and you can see the people around our section like start giggling and stuff. And then just all of us just start making jokes, and people around but, us are laughing. So Tess just started laughing. That's how you knew that shit was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, because we're sitting funny. here like, I'm just like, man, like her parents have missed a ma major, major naming opportunity here. You know, just like <laughs> Sam's like, at least her name's not Anita or just like. Just <laughs> <anything>. <laughs> it's like fucking 80 year old men in our section laughing their ass off at us. That's funny. Dude, by <laughs> the way, okay, this is my last word. Um, Dr. Pepper, go fuck yourself. Stop having like random ass fucking students like do your tuition giveaway. And they weren't even K State or K TCU. No, that's students. what I'm saying. Like the dude who won, like I thought it was like a TCU like dude. alumni or not alumni, but a TCU student won. It was like some dude from fucking Duke. It's like I didn't fucking cheat my ass off all fucking year, support this team all fucking year, make it do a Big 12 championship. See some dude from Duke and some gal probably from fucking some liberal arts private West Coast school if fucking chest pass footballs into a fucking uh, Dr. Pepper can. I came here to fucking cheer someone who went to my alma mater on yes. to go chase their fucking dreams. You know, it'd be cool. Not some loser who decided to go to Duke who probably yeah. has a fucking scholarship himself. Yep. Uh well said. Just Fuck bullshit. You. Also, just passing fucking bullshit too. Yes. I hate also. that shit. Shit grinds my fucking gears. It's a uh, insult to the sport. You it is. Be doing it. You know they what? Need move, they, they need to move. They need to move. They would one hand pitch it. I'll buy it. Sure. It's a fucking triple option. Whatever. If, that, if it doesn't go pass. through the hole with the spiral, doesn't count. That's what I think. No, just move them back. Yeah, but a lot it, makes of them it, it forces them to go overhand. Well, if you're a female and you can't get a spot, throw a spiral, get a boyfriend, stop the hookups, like figure it out. Okay. 
give them a smaller ball. Give them like a youth size ball. They make they make a you know. Well, no, it's because the chest pass is faster, and like you have the same, you have it, you just have the same like chance of it going in. Yeah, because like everyone who's throwing like sucks at throwing a football, and it's like rather than chest pass it, rather than making a big target, make a bunch of little targets, and you have to hit them in order for it to count. You think it actually fucking hit those? No, and that's what they make it more fun. Awesome. I, I, the one I in the title game, I, that shit was bad because they because they tied. I'd never seen race, anyone the tie. racist one. Yes, the racist. Oh one. yes, they they <laughs> tied, and so they went to like a second round and they tied again. And apparently, like there's a they did a tiebreaker the previous day, so it's like a white girl and a black girl, and the white girl like is like, oh my god, I fucking won. And it's like, what do you mean you fucking won? They tied. Make them throw again. It was it was even worse for my amusement. It was terrible that it was in the SEC game as well. Just like uh, yeah, that. Yes, I think see some things have not changed. I just remember I was I was standing next to what I think was some Hispanic guys. I don't remember. (laughs) Well, okay, my it was dark. I heard I just remember. I remember. I literally like I yelled this too. I basically said, don't ever let anyone tell you racism is dead in America. They fucked over this black girl. Well, my but then they is, ended up giving her the money anyways because Twitter was like, what the fuck are you doing? How much money did Dr. Pepper give, you know, those channels to actually stream them on the television? Like, that's just a halftime thing that you do at the stadium, but to actually Bro, that stream them. all tax write-offs. I don't even give a shit. What you <laughs> oh, that's true. That yeah. shit's all tax write-offs. She's like, oh, yeah, we gave away, like, uh, five point whatever fucking million dollars the last 10 years in scholarships. It's like, yeah, man, you just didn't want to pay taxes on that bullshit. Get oh, the man. fuck out of here. I'm, I'm not drunk enough to talk about how retarded scholarships are on this podcast yet. That's... Do you think they have to maintain a certain GPA, or do you think they just get well, the Well, okay. Uh, no, don't you, don't you lead me down this path. We are stopping here. We have won the Big 12. Everyone be happy. We have done it. Even Sydney is happy. That's right. Look oh, wow. Wow. All right, everyone. This was a long slog. We went through a lot of different avenues. Gavin was barely here for half the show, but we made it. Kansas State is your Big 12 champions. KU will be playing Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. Can't attest Memphis is kind of fun. And it depends on what you're doing in Memphis. Go to Beale Street, Hawk fans. And the Chiefs freaking stink. But other than that, it was a real good time hanging out with y'all. I'm glad you guys listened. We really appreciate everyone for listening. Sydney's attacking Gavin. And with that, all three of us are going to catch you on the next one. Make sure to check out the merch link at underscore, underscore, F3S. That's underscore, underscore, F3S. All capitalizations on our Twitter feed. And please pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a big thank you from you, from us to you for listening again. And we thank you every day. God bless. We'll see you on the flip side. And K-State, Big 12 champs.